0: talk about something important today. And before I do that, though, I got to show off a little bit. Come on, man, the Rugby World Cup starts for us on Saturday. Come on, we're going to just tear to pieces Romania. It's going to break them in half. Yes. Look, this is the World Cup. This is the greatest opportunity Ireland has ever had to win the World Cup. How many of you want them to win the World Cup? Let's go, yes. It's gonna be because of OBZ. I'm one of you now, man, come on. Americans are too soft to play rugby anyway, so there's just no way. We put on pads and stuff like that. You guys just, like, you're so rough, right? What's so funny is that if Ireland wins the World Cup, you think about how even if they, they win the game on Saturday against Romania, which they're going to win, like, but afterwards, won't you walk around with a little swag? You'll be like, yeah, we are the champions, my friends, right? And, and you'll sing that song, right? And you'll be so proud. You'll wave your flag like we're the champs. We did it. Isn't it amazing the phraseology that you use? We did it. You've never even been on a pitch before. And yet you wear the jersey like you're on the team. Like this, we did it. You've never even played. You're sitting on the sofa eating chips, drinking a pint. You're not playing. But yet we pretend like we've won. Look, I submit to you today that we've all been called to be a part of a team. And we all have been given a jersey already. God has already called your name to be a part of the team. The Bible says in Ephesians, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling. Everyone say calling. Calling. Come on, Dundalk, say calling. calling. We need to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Today, I want to talk to you about being called. Being called to represent Jesus, to be a part of the team, to carry His name, and to represent Him. You see, our names have been called. You have a jersey with your name already on the back, and God has called you, and He's saying, I want you to be a part of this team. And it says in this verse, notice this, that I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling. First of all, that word, calling in the Greek, which, by the way, if you're not sure, maybe you're just checking out Lighthouse Church. We are a Bible-based church. And everything that we teach here and everything that we believe here and everything that we stand for is the Word of God. That is our foundation here. And so when you come to here, you're going to hear sermons and messages around topics, but the information is going to come from the Word of God. And so I'm going to teach you today from the word of God. And I want to help you understand the Bible and bring some clarity to you today in that. And this word calling is the Greek word klesis, which is the original language of the New Testament. And it means a divine invitation. God has given you a divine invitation to be a part of the team. So he says, the apostle Paul who wrote this, he says, so therefore, I want you to live a life worthy. Everyone say worthy. That word worthy is the Greek word axios, which is where we would get the English word axis from, which let me give you the definition of this word. It means an imaginary line about which something rotates. In other words, our lives should rotate and revolve around Christ. That should be the most important thing. That should be the gravity that our lives rotate around. God has called us to be a part of the team. He has a jersey for us. He's saying, I want you to be a part of this victorious team. He's won the World Cup. He's won it over and over and over again. And it doesn't matter what you're struggling with today. I'm telling you, you're on the winning team. Somebody give God some praise because that's who he is. So I want you to understand that today. That's really what I'm trying to get you to understand because if you get that, then this series that we're launching called Come and See, you can invite the world to come and see because they're going to want to be a part of this team as well. So first thing I want to answer today is why do we even carry the name? Would you, would you write that down or put it in your smartphone or device or wherever you're taking notes from? Why do we even carry the name? Have you ever been around someone before and they did something to you and you just with everything you had you wanted to just grab their, their neck and just kinda you ever had anybody do something mean to you before? Come on, have you ever had that happen? Yeah. And you just wanna you want to retaliate. You're angry with them. You you're mad. You want to grab their neck. I can't believe you did that. Well I actually not long ago I was on my leaving my house and I was going to the gym to, to work out, you know, the, the fitness center. And I was on my way and I turned out my neighborhood on the road and I got to this next stop sign. And a guy on a bicycle, you know, he looked like he was riding the Tour de France, you know, like he had all his gear on, right? And he pulls up next to me, and he's yelling so loudly at me. And, like, I can hear him over my radio in my car, my, my, my stereo system. And, and so then I, I looked over at him, and he's, like, yelling at me, like, what are you doing? And I rolled down the window, I was like, look, buddy, I, I saw you. I was not even close to you, and he's just just going on. And then he spits on me. I know. Oh, man. Do you know what I wanted to do to that guy? I just was like, in my mind, I jumped out of the car. I grabbed him around his neck, and I opened up a can of you-know-what on him. And then I started thinking, well, there's going to be someone around here who's going to see that, and they're going to put it on their smartphone, and this pastor beats this guy up. So I knew that wasn't going to go well, right? But I was so mad at this guy because of what he had done. And I thought to myself, he doesn't deserve for anything but for me to pop him in the mouth. And I started thinking about God and his love for us. God loves you. Somebody say thank you. Thank you, you, Lord. Come on. Why don't you turn to the person beside you and say, God loves me. Come on, Navin, you guys turn to somebody beside you and say, God loves me. Okay, turn to the person you didn't say anything to. You kind of rejected them. And I want you to turn to them now and say, God loves you. You can hear the smiles like, yeah, God loves me. Everybody wants you to say this. Say, God loves everybody. God loves people that I don't love. People that spit on you, that deserve for you to just pop them in the mouth, right? But God still loves them. Well, wait a minute. Could it be that, yes, God loves us, but to some people they've been just as hurt by us as other people have hurt us? And so we feel like, well, I deserve God's love, but other people do not. Let me tell you something. None of us really deserve it, but he's chosen to give it anyway. In fact, the scripture says this. Now, would anyone dare to die for someone, uh, die for the sake of a wicked person? Well, we can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. But Christ proved his love or His, his God's compassionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and still ungodly. While you were nasty in your sin, God loved you anyway. Can we give him some praise one more time? Come on, Lighthouse. He loved us anyway. Before you were cleaned up, God saw you and he loved you. And why we carry the name? Because God loves us that much. None of us deserve to carry his name. None of us deserve to be on this winning team of Jesus Christ. And yet we have received all that God has paid for us. You had the jersey. Come on, God's already provided a jersey for you and he wants you to be on the team. In fact, can we just pause for a moment at all of our locations or maybe you're joining us online. Would you everyone close their eyes for a moment? Because you may be in your sin right now and you don't have right relationship with the Lord. And let me tell you something. The only way you can do that is not earn it. You just can recognize what Jesus did. Jesus hung on a cross and died like in our place with our sin so that we wouldn't have to pay for that sin. And he died so that we wouldn't have to. He paid the price for that. In other words, for you to be on the team. And then Jesus died and then he came to life again in three days. And he did that so you and I could have life. And not just here on this earth, but life eternally. And if you've never received that today, you know your life is ungodly. If you died right now, you don't know that you would spend life in in heaven. You don't know where you would spend it. You can be sure today, and if that's you, I want to... Pray with you. And I don't know how you do it here, but here's how I want you to do it. I want you to be proud that God is calling you to be a part of the team. If you don't have right relationship with him, right now, wherever you are, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and say, God, I want to be a part of the team. I want my sins forgiven, and I'm ready to be a part of what you're calling me to be a part of. If that's you, lift your hand. One, two, three. Three, come on, you ready for your sins to be forgiven? You're ready to be a part of that? Yes, raise your hand all over the place. All of our locations, at Navin, Dundak, wherever you're at. Yes, you can put your hands back down. Now, I'm going to ask us all to do this together. Everyone, all of our locations, would you say, Dear Father, Dear Father thank, you for me. thank you for loving me. You love me so much. Me so much. I, don't I don't deserve it. But yet you chose... To love me anyway. Thank you, Jesus. You came to this earth. You lived a sinless life, which I cannot do. But yet you died with my sin so that I wouldn't have to pay for it. But then on the third day, you came to life again. And today, I believe it in my heart. I confess with my mouth. Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior, and I'm glad to be on the team. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God some praise for what he just did? Yeah. So listen, why we carry the name? Because God loves us just the way we are. But he also loves us too much to leave us the same. So thank God for that, right? So then if we are all called to carry the name, and that's why we're called to carry the name, because of what he's done for us, that I want to answer the question, so how do we carry the name? How should our lives look if we're really called to to wear the jersey, to be a part of the team of God? Look in Romans chapter 12, we're going to read this verse right here. It says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Okay, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about these verses right here. First thing I want you to understand, would you write this down? That is love has two sides. Because it starts off by saying love must be sincere. And then that means sincere, means authentic and real. And so how is love sincere? It really says two things. It says that we must hate what is evil and then cling to what is good. I think Christianity across the globe these days, I know it's true in America. I understand that it happens here in Ireland as well, is that people are so into God's love that they forget the other part of it. And so we think that, well, God loves everybody, and he does, but love doesn't mean agree with. Like we could be doing things that God doesn't agree with. He loves us, but he doesn't agree with it. It's like raising kids. How many of you love, you have kids. Come on, raise your hand if you have kids, right? How many times do they do things that you dislike, but you love them anyway, right? Right. And there are things that our lives as Christ followers that we do that God doesn't agree with, but He still can love us. And I think we abuse His grace. Oh, well, God just loves me, just just doesn't care really what I do. Well, that's not really true because we really have two parts to it. We have to hate what is evil and we have to cling to what is good. Now, I think we've lost a little bit in this translation from the Greek in the New Testament all the way to English, which is hate. And really that word hate is a little too strong. In the Hebrew or in the Greek, it actually means to dislike something or have a distaste for something. In other words, what you and I need to do is look at things that are against God's word and we need to have a dislike for those things. I remember growing up in my home, my brother wanted me to drink coffee so bad. And all the time, he would say, I'm going to make you a cup of coffee, and I'm going to make it where you really like it. And this was before we had all these bougie coffee places that we have now, right? It's just coffee and creamer and sugar. And he would put a bunch of cream and a bunch of sugar in it, and he would go, you're going to like this. And I would taste it, and I'd spit it out. That is nasty. I had a distaste for coffee. Well, it was actually 21 years ago. I'll never forget it. I was with a pastor friend named Greg Surratt. And I was at a meeting with a bunch of pastors and we went to Starbucks and he says, I'm going to get you some coffee. And I was, uh, you know, before I could even tell him I don't like coffee, don't worry about it. He goes, I'm just going to get it. You go have a seat. I'll go get us some coffee. So he went and he got something and brought it to me and handed me this coffee. And it was some mocha, chocolate, frappuccinoy y thingy or another. I don't know what it was, but it had chocolate all over it. I love chocolate. We got any chocolate lovers in the house? Yes. Okay. I love chocolate. And he brings this thing to me, and I'm like, well, that doesn't look like coffee. And I took a sip of it, and I went, this is not coffee. This is like a milkshake. And I, slur- I slurped the whole thing, and I'm, you know, licking it, licking the bottle. You know what I mean? The cup, it was so good. I was like, I didn't know I could like this. Well, what I found out is a mocha, chocolate frappo thing or whatever he got me is the gateway coffee to all the other stuff. <laughs> and so now I'll just drink plain black coffee. It doesn't matter. Just give me some coffee. Wow. Once I had something that I had a huge distaste for, and now I drink it all the time. Wow. I wonder if there are some things about your life that you once had a distaste for that you tolerate in your life now. But see, to carry the name, there must be some things in our life that we say, no, I have a distaste for that. I'm not going to do that because I want to honor the name that is on. Not the name in the back of the jersey, not me. I want to honor the name on the front of the jersey, which is Jesus Christ. And I've seen people in their relationship with the Lord get to a place where they just casually take steps closer and closer and enjoying things that at one time that they never would have enjoyed. We have to remember, church, we have to remember that we are called to be a part of the team and there are certain things that we have to remember. I have to have a distaste for those things. So have you lost your distaste for some evil and you've gotten a little too close to it? It's time for you to remember you represent in the name of Jesus. But then there's this also this whole idea of holding on to the grace and the love of Jesus. And where does that fit? You know what I see a lot of people do? Look at this scripture in Timothy. We end up finding a way to separate ourselves away from Christians in church because we don't want to feel bad about the things we're doing. Look at first or 2 Timothy. It says, A time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, Instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Oh, I just want people around me who will tell me what will make me feel good, not tell me what I need to change in life. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, come on, everybody say, that's me. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all your duties of your ministry of your calling. Bottom line is, if we're supposed to be a part of the team, come on, Lighthouse Church, we have to be different than the world. We can't look like the world because if the the world looks at us and we look just like them, why would they want to be a part of this? God calls us, even in our sin, but he says, I want you to be separated. I want you to act and think differently. In fact, can I ask you a question? Those of you that call yourselves followers of Jesus, people outside this church, the location that you're at, if people outside this location, when they look at your life, would they know that you are a follower of Jesus based on the things you do? The things you say, the jokes you tell, the jokes you laugh at, how you spend your time and where you spend your money. If they didn't see you inside this thing that we call church, this place of worship, would they even know that you're a Christian? In Lighthouse Church, I'm just saying, let's just raise the bar a little bit. Let's realize God has called us to live differently in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen to that. So when we choose to do that, I want you to write this down, then we tap into the power. That's where the power of God. Realize that we have been chosen to carry the name. Love has two sides that we have to cling to what is good in God's word, and we also have to have a distaste for evil. And when we live that way, the power of God starts operating in our lives. Back in Romans, it says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the lord never be lacking that word lacking means to be void of something now I, in america uh it's just like it is here in ireland like we're a cashless society right you don't carry a whole lot of money with you everything is so digital but you ever show up sometimes to a place and you needed cash but you didn't have it like at a parking meter right isn't that frustrating you get there and you realize oh Oh, I don't have any money to put in the meter. I mean, they're, they're starting to do it digitally now, right? But how many times have you shown up and you were lacking something that you needed? Well, the Bible says that we should never be lacking in what? Zeal for the Lord. How many of you would say, I got some zeal for the Lord? Oh, my goodness. That was the softest. Weakest thing. Okay, when we were cheering for the world a couple a while ago, you guys went crazy. And we just asked you, I just asked you if you have zeal for the Lord. And it was like crickets. I'm going to give you a chance to totally redeem yourself. How many of you have some zeal for the Lord? (laughs) Lighthouse Church. Yes. Okay. Here's what happens when it comes to you and I being zealous for the things of God. We have a couple of thoughts regarding that. Sometimes we're like, well, I just don't, I just don't feel it. I, just really don't, I, just not feel, I don't feel like worshiping God today. I don't feel like clapping. I don't, I don't feel like doing this. Well, how many times have you been at a sporting event or watching yourself the game at, uh, on your TV at your home? And, and you're, you know your team is down or maybe they're about to score or they're, they're on defense and they need to hold the line. And you say, well, let's cheer louder so we can encourage them. So you actually stir your emotions to help someone else. Come on, you've all done that before, right? But yet a while ago, you know, I'm not really I'm not feeling it. You know? But yet we'll stir our emotions up for something else that is not going to last for all of eternity. Or sometimes we... Get too emotional in life and we go, oh, I just couldn't help it. My emotions got the best of me, right? You ever use that excuse before or something, right? And you can control your emotions. Let me prove it to you. You ever been in an argument with somebody and like you're going at it? Like yelling and the phone rings and it's a phone call you need to take. Hello? No, everything's going great. We're we're doing great. Come on, you ever done that before? So you can control your emotions, right? And so you and I have to get to the place where we're never really lacking zeal from God. So then the question is, how do we do that? You guys have this game you play here called King of the Hill, right? You know, little kids. You know, that one person gets on top of the hill or whatever, and they're, they're trying to be the king. Everybody else is trying to knock them off. Do you remember when you were younger playing that game? Which kid won? The biggest and the strongest kid. How many of you were the ones that were winning the king of the hill battle? All of our locations, come on, raise your hand. If you were the king of the hill battle, chant when we were growing up. Okay, take notice, because we're going to storm them after church. We're going to show them who the king of the hill is now. Okay, right. How many of you were like me and you got shoved down the hill all the time? All right. Okay, the kid that won was the biggest and the strongest one. All right, let me submit this to you. Inside our lives, there's a king of the hill battle that's happening all the time. Between our body, our flesh, what makes me feel good and what I want to do, my emotions, my, my soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions... And then my spirit, the spirit of God that lives in me. So my body, my soul, and my spirit are having a tug of war, a king of the hill battle all the time of who's going to win control of my life. And you know which one is going to win in your life? The one that you feed the most. So Lighthouse Church, you must understand this. If we're called to be a part of the team, and God has called you just the way you are, then the way that you're going to develop and grow your zeal for the Lord so that you can be all that God has called you to be then you got to get to be a part of this church you need to get on a group in a group you need to get on a team because when you have other people around you like that they help stir up inside you so you can be victorious in your walk with God and that's how you stir the zeal that's how you keep your spiritual fervor and then it says back in Romans that if we do that then that's how we can be joyful in hope. Put that one up there, next one. Now. It froze. To be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So the last thing I want you to write down, and that is, Lighthouse, we need to live a people-centric life. Because to be a part of the name in the team of Jesus, it's about people first. Yeah. Romans 12 goes back and it says, Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. In other words, people are the only thing that really matters. At the end of it all, it's about people. Everybody say people. It's, it's not about accolades. It's not about achieving things. It's not about accomplishing goals in life. It's about the people's lives that we impact for eternity while we're here on this earth. That's the one thing that matters for eternity. Yeah. We had something happen, happen in American football this year that was a pretty extraordinary thing. There was a football game going on on January 2nd of this year. And American football has 18 weeks of, of regular season and then playoffs. Well, this is week 17. And there was a game happening between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. And in the second quarter of the game, there was a player for the Buffalo Bills who literally on the field had a cardiac arrest. And he crumbled to the ground right there in the middle of the field. And he was lifeless. They had the EMS come out and working on him. For six minutes, he was on the field and they were working on him. And eventually they were able to get his life and his heart pumping again. And then he went to the hospital and he spent several weeks there and several months. In fact, he's still rehabbing, but he's doing great. In fact, he's even playing football again, believe it or not, I know. But here's what was interesting about that day is there were two teams playing against each other that day, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. And when DeMar Hamlin fell to the ground on a cardiac with a cardiac arrest. The jerseys that they were representing, the teams they were representing, it didn't matter anymore. In fact, take a look at this photo of what happened. All the teams together all rallied around, praying and believing for the life of Damar Hamlin to be restored. After the game, fans from both teams went to the hospital joined together hand in hand and started a a vigil, a prayer vigil, praying for DeMar Hamlin, wearing their different jerseys, but they were all united against one thing or for one thing. They never restarted the game. And in fact, they canceled the game and it never was played again. Why was that? Because DeMar's life was more important than the game that they were playing. You can take that photo away. So I just want you to understand something, lighthouse. More than the job that you work, more than the relational things that are going on in your life, more than whatever it is that you're facing or the goals that you want to accomplish in life, at some point in time, all that's going to be taken away, and we're all going to be bowing our knee under one banner, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want you to understand the importance of that over everything else that it's really about the people's lives that we impact while we're here on this earth. God has called you today to carry his name, to put on his jersey, take off your own personal jersey, take off your own career jersey, take off your own goals and your own dreams jersey, and put on his jersey and say, God, I'm choosing to live for you for all of eternity because that's what matters most. Come on, give God some praise. Lighthouse Church.